Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? Where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome to Podcasting Power Hour with your host, Jeff Townsend, a.k.a. The Indie Podcast Father. I'm your co-host, Greg, from Indie Drop-In Network. Podcasting Power Hour is recorded live every Monday at 9 p.m. Eastern Time on Twitter Spaces. Every week, an experienced panel of podcasters and other experts will tackle your podcasting questions. Special guests on the panel today. Ariel Nissenblatt, founder of Earbuds Podcast Collective and community manager at Squadcast FM. Jim Mallard, host of the Mallard Report. Tanner Campbell, host of Good Morning Podcasters. Dave Jackson, host of School of Podcasting and Ask the Podcast Coach. Pixie, host of Project Podcast with Pixie and Next on Stage One. We will, of course, put links to all of our guests and any relevant information in the show notes. All right, let's get this party started. We'll get it going. This is Podcast and Power Hour here Monday, June 20th. It's 2022, Greg, in case you forgot the year that we're currently in. I am Jeff Townsend, the host of this lovely weekly space we've been doing. And Greg, I'm going to let you introduce yourself. I will say, though, he's fallen and he can't get up. His social security number is one. It's Greg from Indie Drop-In. You pick up from there, buddy. Uh, <laughs> how, how can I even follow this? Like, I mean, you got most of that correct, except for all of it other than the Indie Drop-In part. Hello, everybody. Greg here uh, from Indie Drop-In. I'm sure uh, I'll talk more about Indie Drop-In later, but I'm happy that you are all here. Next is Jim Mallard. He is the closest thing to uh, the John McCain of podcasting, except for Tanner Campbell, of course. It's the maverick Jim Mallard. He's been podcasting forever. What's going on, Jim? <laughs> uh, not a lot. Yeah, 2011 is when I started the Mallard Report. We talk a little bit about everything, uh, paranormal, uh, new age, 
religion, politics, money, you know, all those things that mom, tell, mom and dad tell you not to talk about. Yeah, I try to talk about them all. So, yeah, there's that in a nutshell. And all on one podcast, uh, which is kind of freaking crazy, to be honest. But nevertheless, Tanner Campbell, what's going on, man? You used to be the podcasting sucks now guy now, and you kind of like did a good Morning America ripoff, and it's Good Morning Podcasters now. So how you doing, Tanner? thought it was more of a Good Morning Vietnam ripoff, but I can go with GMA. Sure. Uh, I'm doing great, Greg. You know, one of these times we should switch it up and let us introduce you. Be like, his name's Jeff. He works in a bottle top factory. He has to clean poop up sometimes. Jeff Townsend. Yep, I am the go-to for all in my new career path that I've been forced upon me. Okay, next, though. Let's get past Tanner there. The Hall of Famer, podcasting Hall of Famer. It's been podcasting since 2005. Tanner wasn't even weaned yet then. Uh, it's Dave Jackson. Thanks for joining us, Dave. I know I uh, buzzed you a while and you just got back a hold of me. So he, Dave must not check his Twitter DMs very often. I do not. I suck at Twitter. I'm getting better. Uh, but yeah, Dave Jackson from the School of Podcasting. Uh, happy to be here. This should be fun. It should be. And we'll let people start requesting now if they have any questions or something they want to talk about. In the meantime, Greg, I'm going to let you uh, kick it off with some podcasting thoughts you've had this week. Well, I mean, I think I struggled with the age-old question of what to do on vacation. I don't know if uh, if anybody thinks of that, but um, you know, I know a lot of people just kind of tell the audience, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm taking off. But of course, I had to record additional episodes and and get ahead. So it's not that's not a recommendation, by the way. That's just what I did. Uh, so that's pretty much consumed my uh, my week. You know, basically doing multiple weeks worth of work in a single week because you know I can never get ahead and have episodes in the can like like every good podcast coach would tell you to do. I've never been ahead, not once. It sounds nice. Though. Jim, what do you do ahead of vacations? I'm curious. This is a good topic because I think we all uh, we all struggle with this. I was going to say, well, I'm a little different because I'm used to doing a live show. So if I'm taking the week off, I just take the week off because to record ahead of time kind of lose that live dynamic that I've built into my show. So it sucks. But there are times, I will admit, there are times that I record a guest because of time zone differences. But I, I still don't think those shows are just as good either. So. Hey Jim, you know you know that people listen to your podcast like after you record yeah, it, right? Yeah, but I, I'm okay. talking for me. It's just how I it's just how I prefer to do it because I get that live <laughs> dynamic from my listeners, so it's that friction that I, I like. So got it, got it. He's yeah, I, I trust me. I know people listen to the podcast because that's how ninety seven percent of people listen. But I'm just messing with you. I'm trying. Yeah. I'm trying to shift the momentum to you instead of me. <laughs> don't worry it'll come to me sure don't, just give me a few more weeks it'll be all on me yeah and if you have any questions or you something you want to talk about requests to speak dave what do you do for vacations I'm, I'm curious man well here's my thought i go on vacation it's not my like my listeners like well i guess i'm not listening to podcasts this week because dave's gone no they're gonna go find something else to listen to so i'm giving my audience time to go find something else to listen to and in the event that show is 
uh, better than mine, they may not be coming back. Maybe somehow somebody else is, is niched down and it really, really fits what they're talking about. And maybe I'm just not quite as good a fit as I thought I was. So I always record, when I went to PodFest, I recorded two episodes, one to, to go out my normal Monday, but while I was flying home, my episode came back out uh, while I was flying home. So that's that's my just weird insecurity, worrying that I'm going to lose my audience if I miss one week, which I realize when you say it out loud is kind of like, well, then your show wasn't that good. <laughs> but that's <laughs> that's my thought on that. My that's a, You articulated my struggle perfectly, Dave, because, you know... It, you know, Mark Asquith, he, he disappears for, you know, two months and comes back and says, my downloads are better, you know, and I, I just don't think I can wrap my head around it. Yeah. I think part of it is because I realized there are times like you need to take a break, like you're, you're mentally losing it and you know, your kids need braces and grandma's in the hospital and you know, life is happening. And that's where I think Mike Rowe, the guy that, uh, from dirty jobs and all that, he has a, a show called that's the way I heard it. And he said, hey, the good news is uh, I got a book deal. He goes, the bad news is I can't do a podcast and write a book. And so he said, so, you know, this will be next week is my last episode and I will be back on this date. And then when he came back on whatever that date was, he's like, hey, I got more good news. I got a TV show. And he said, so the show, you know, so as long as you let people know if you have to leave. And again, that's not my first choice, but sometimes, you know, you just got to uh, then just let them know when you're coming back. That way you don't lose your integrity. Man, I don't do any of that. I guess it depends on the show. So for for my daily, I'm I'm fortunate. You know, I podcast for podcasters. So I feel like I could just be like, hey, guys, uh, I'm going to take a week off. Bye. And they're going to be just fine with that because yeah. they're podcasters. And they all probably wish they could do the same thing. But they don't podcast for podcasters, so they can't. But with my other podcast, Practical Stoicism, I uh, I just took a month off to finish the book that I was writing for it, which I finished. And I just told him, I said, hey, this is, you know, I picked a logical place to stop in the text. And I said, hey, by the way, this is going to be the last episode. I'm going to take a month off. I'm going to do these things while I'm gone. And when I come back, uh, everybody who's a subscriber will get a copy of this book in PDF form for free. Uh, and if you'd like to buy it, that'd be really nice of you. And then I've got this other podcast. It's not mine, but it's one I listen to every day. And I thought that this gentleman did something pretty cool. Uh, his name's Alex Lieberman. He hosts a podcast called Founders Journal, uh, which is from the guys who do the Morning Brew newsletter, which everyone here should subscribe to because it's a great newsletter. It has nothing to do with podcasting, but it's a great business and entrepreneurship newsletter. Uh, and he recently took, he's taking about two months off. And what he decided to do was he went back into the catalog and found the best episodes and just recycling them as classics. He, could, he, he just puts them parenthetically classic episodes. He's been running, he does like three episodes a week. He's been running classic episodes of the most popular episodes while he's gone working on this other project, which I thought was a great way to do it. If I didn't keep deleting my episodes, I could probably do something like that. <laughs> it would make more sense in your case, because that's the one that always scratches my head. When somebody takes an episode that's in their feed and then they re-release it, I go, you know, if they had actually followed the show, they could have listened to it anyway. So Tanner, in your case, where they can't get it from your feed, I think that makes more sense to to do it in that route. And I, re I guess the bottom line is, as long as you communicate with your audience, because what happens, I think, again, all, all this crap is just my opinion, um, but have you ever gone to like, you know, you take your car in to get, I don't know, tires, 
and you think it's going to take 15, 20 minutes, whatever. And now it's 45 minutes to an hour and you start the minute you don't know what's going on. Your, your mind goes negative. And I think that's the case where if you don't say anything and all of a sudden you're like, well, that's weird. There's no episode this week from, there's no episode today from Tanner. It won't, won't happen. And you do that daily show. So by day two, you're like, oh, that's weird. Two days in a row. Tan, no tan. Third day, you're like, God, I hope he didn't die from COVID. So I think when you communicate with your audience that, hey, I'm taking a break, uh, I think that's really the key, just so they know you didn't like get hit by a bus. I'm convinced that 50% of my audience is kind of hoping I got hit by a bus. <laughs> that might be the case. And the other 50% knows you. So if you didn't show up for a week, we would figure you were just doing something else and would eventually make your way right. back. Right. I was starting a nonprofit this week. That or we'd hit you with a bus. <laughs> no, if anybody has any, it, we have some shy people today. It's a lot of the same people, but if you have anything you want to talk about or ask, feel free. In the meantime, I do want to say, do you, do you think podcasting is like the listeners and consumers of it are more understanding of this vacation thing that we're talking about in comparison to radio? I mean, any other industry, really? What do you guys think? I mean, yeah, <laughs> they're not paying for anything. Of course, they're more understanding. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. My boss is less understanding when I had a boss, I guess. But yeah, podcast listeners are, that's another reason that I don't, I mean, again, I'm podcasting for podcasters. So I feel like I, Dave and I have this benefit where they get it. They're not going to give us a fucking hard time. They're not paying for anything. They're podcasters themselves. They know how it is. But even with my other podcasts, I mean, if I want to take a fucking week off, I don't even know that I need to tell you like fucking, if you're going to leave me because I took a week off, you know, go fuck yourself. <laughs> As you're not, you're a little too, you're expecting too much for paying absolutely nothing. You're, you're um, not doing podcasting sucks anymore, Tanner. It's good morning podcasters. So it's the yeah, softer yeah. side. Yeah. It's so the it's, softer side. <laughs> right. This is the softer side of Tanner. Oh, <laughs> oh, wow. Pixie, you jumped up here to speak. What do you got going on? Hey, Jeff. Hi, guys. Uh, I am currently on podcast break, vacation. Sure, we'll call it that. Um, and we did end the season three on a high note. And we said that we'd come back. So we are going to do a season four. But we ha we haven't got there yet, right? So we haven't. I think when you come back from a break, you have to do a couple of things. You got to do a new commercial. You got to probably do some new press. You got to market the show, get people like salivating, waiting for those things. I don't know if I would necessarily do like a whole re-release of an episode. Maybe if I cleaned it up, but I'm definitely in the, in the, you know, I got to come back. I got to hit it, but I also got a new job. So I'm kind of, I'm, I'm teetering between paying bills and being a podcaster. So that's where I'm at. <laughs> hey, hey, Pixie, same career, different place or whole different oh, career? Whole new career. Something that I haven't done yet. But oh, cool. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, congrats. Well, when you need money and you go back to your old job and it's just not what you want to do, you kind of have to figure things out. So that's where I'm at. I'm like, ugh. Do I show up for podcasters, which I'm still doing my Wednesday show, but I'm not doing my main show. So I don't know. There's a lot of things to think about when you leave podcasting. Or uh, what I Pixie's, thought Pixie's going to send me on a tirade, be like, how come Pixie couldn't come to her audience and make a living? How come we can't make some fucking <laughs> money, guys? This is, this is what I was going to Because <laughs> I'm terrible at business. If I, I, I'm just terrible at bi my business, other people's business. 
I'm fantastic at. Why? I thought this was the get rich scheme. Like, yeah. what, is, what are we all doing here? This is the Tanner Campbell show. Yeah, Tell us right. Tanner how to get rich. <laughs> no, uh, but picks. So, how's uh, how's the co-host handling your decision to do this? Is uh, how I mean, how's that going? Well, I think he's moving forward with his podcast that we started in the beginning, um, and kind of refiguring out those. He's he's on his own now, so he has to like trek out there into wilderness and kind of figure it out for himself because we haven't talked in like two weeks it's crazy so let me ask you this because i know you and him and i think we all have struggled with this when we've had a co-host uh so you guys have different philosophies and views on i guess the podcast so walk us through that a little bit because i think we've all had that challenge i mean i've had a podcast with tanner it was very challenging oh gosh i'm sorry for you (laughs) i did all the fucking work you (laughs) do Uh, so two months ago, for those of you that don't know, um, I came to the position where I was like, okay, we got all of the bugs out of the show. We sound good. We look good. We communicate really well together. I was like, this is the opportunity. We need to go out and find sponsors. We need to go out and, and do all of this for the podcast. I was like, Hey, Mr. J, what do you think about that? And he goes, Pixie. The podcast is just a hobby. Yes, he wants to make money, but he wants people just to hand it to him. And I said, that's not really how it works. We got to go out there and we got to find people. We got we to gotta schmooze people, if you will. Get them involved in, in what we're creating. And he's all like, no, no, I don't want to do that. So as soon as he did that, it crushed me because I'm a pusher. Everybody knows I'm a pusher. And so, uh, so I kind of... I scaled back. I scaled back in my marketing. I scaled back in finding new friends. I scaled back in like everything. I, I, I basically gave up on the podcast in a way that, um, I was just like, you know, I'm done. And so I, so we're going to do another season guys. Cause I, I can't give up on just that season three. Hmm. That's, that's a hard call. That's that's when you're in marriage counseling and you're like, well, I want kids. And the other person goes, no. You're like, mm, okay, either I'm going to change my mind somewhere down the road. Like somewhere down the road, I'm not going to want money. And ew, that could be, that's, I always talk about, I always talk about the awkward conversation that every, you know, any team that's doing a podcast, you got to have that awkward conversation to set expectations. Who's doing what? If we make money, who does it go to? And then once you get over that awkward conversation, then you can go back to having the fun. But otherwise, you end up, I mean, I, I work for a media host, and there are times when Ernie and Bert are really pissed at each other, and it gets ugly, and people are deleting files and changing passwords. And so you got to have, now that, you know, agreeing on expectations isn't going to like make everything rosy because people are still going to get mad at each other, but at least you have, you know, maybe some expectations going in on who's doing what. And it's just ugly when it doesn't match up. Yeah. I think a lot of that work before is real important, but then again, as time goes by, things change. What about you, Jim Mallard? You ever done a podcast with anybody else? I actually have. That's where the Mallard report came from because it went so ugly. It turned sideways. And, um, after about eight weeks of that, we decided, well, I decided we're putting that on the shelf and I started my own show. So I totally understand the, um, 
Dave Jackson's point about um, marriage counseling because they just, well, and it ended in divorce. And sadly, I think that's how most shows of co-hosts do. I'm not saying all of them do, but I think that, you know, that it's just like marriage. It's um, a lot of work and boy, yeah. it's just a lot of work. Well, and the other thing too, is sometimes it's not an argument. It's like, Hey, uh, you know, my spouse is pregnant and my life is going to change drastically. You know, that's nothing kind of, uh, you know, you're not antagonizing somebody like, look, I have a life change and I can't do this anymore. And that's where you just kind of got to go. Okay. Well, I'm glad we sat down and had that conversation because right down here it says, what happens if somebody can't do the show? Oh, we decided that we'll reach out to the audience or whatever you're going to do to, to get a replacement. So I don't, I don't know, Dave. I think, shit, my partner's having a baby is a great name for a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting into reality shows and with audio. That's, and that's the thing that's happening. <laughs> Podcasting and pregnant. I like it. That's it. That's a, Off the rails. that's a live stream I will not be attending. <laughs> Off the rails. You're requested to speak. What do you got going on? Thanks for joining us. I'm sorry. I, uh, sorry, just turned my speaker on. I was listening to Pixie speak, and I actually had a question for her about her partner that she's going through right now. And I was wondering if you think there's any sort of jealousy because Pixie is an adult film performer do you think that you know like i obviously couldn't just post pictures and get fifty thousand followers real quick do you think there's some sort of jealousy going on that you have an advantage over him and that may be making him salty wait wait, so wait my, hold on P pixie uh, did you jump from stage to screen no yeah i didn't no, know that no, no. Uh, so my co-host he's a retired male entertainer so he uh, he has done screen work um there's no jealousy between the two of us it's just that we were on different paths if i could get him to see this is how far we've come and this is where we could go yes it would work but he he like i said all he wanted to do was have the money come to him and it just doesn't work that way the money just doesn't fall in your lap i will say that pixie also it's you know just beyond posting pictures she puts in the time here on twitter to meet all these different people so there's you do spend well, a lot of time I, doing i that wasn't saying that i was just saying like do you think there could be a jealousy because she has an advantage you know no he, he's a he's a dinosaur and he hates social media so he could care less about how many followers i have well then that's his own fault you know fair enough you have anything else off the rails before we go to perry go ahead go to perry let's go to perry Hey, so I may be taking us backwards because I was going to talk about during the off times, um, but I can also address some of the co-host stuff. So for me in the the off weeks or months, because I'm actually between seasons right now, um, I queue up either interviews that I haven't aired the full interview for because I usually take snippets of interviews and bring those into my main show. Um, so I'll get an edit of those and I'll do a quick uh, I'll spend maybe 10, 15 minutes recording a, a quick intro to that. I don't do all the sound design that I do in a, in a normal show. And then I release that kind of on my normal schedule. So the RSS feed stays alive. Um, then I also do a couple um, every now and then, if I don't want to go through the, the pain of editing a full interview, cause I still don't let those be overly sloppy. Um, 
I'll just put out something on that time schedule that's five or 10 minutes that, that just gives updates and says, hey, here's what's going on with me right now. Um, we're in the process of getting ready for season three. Um, we've got this you know, X, Y, and Z going, and we really appreciate all your support and understanding while we're taking this time. Um, and then encourage people to get in touch with me if they have any questions or want to you know, connect in any other way. So I just do that. It keeps the RSS feed alive. Um, the other thing that um, that I do is um, there is there are two shows right now that I have in development where I am going to have a co-host, um, but there is definitely a power dynamic so that I can set the the proper expectations and that the the co-host that I have is actually an employee of of mine uh, with the podcast company that I just started. So as far as setting expectations around who gets the final call and all of that, that's pretty well established, though we do work very well together and are, are very comfortable throwing ideas and, um, and and kind of wrestling through those things. But if there's a final vote that needs to be cast, it's really clear that it's mine. Well, don't, don't overwork him, Perry, because he's my employee too. <laughs> I intend to work the heck out of that guy. <laughs> Perry, I did want to thank uh, you for buying Tanner like 100 coffees. That was really nice of you. I don't know if he's ever thanked you or not. <laughs> of course I've thanked him. You do. <laughs> no, that's a great point that you bring up there, Perry. It really is. Ashers, you are next. Perry, you can stick around, man, if you have anything else to talk about. Will. Sure. Okay, I'll go ahead and go. Um, you know, I just, tonight, it's Monday. It's my uh, episode, weekly episode recording night. And to be quite honest with you, and I'm just double checking, I know this is pre-recorded, but yes. Okay. Um, so what do you do when you don't record a great episode? I mean, I guess the simple answer is to just, you know, do a new one. But when you're co-hosting a show with somebody else and they happen to think that the episode's great and uh, you know it's not, you know that it's not targeted towards your typical audience and that it's going to bomb. I mean, you just kind of grin and bear it and wait until next week. I have a lot of guilt over it. I feel bad. Um, cause we've had some episodes that I'm like, eh, it could have been better, but like, this is terrible. So what do you, what do you guys do with that? Well, I, I've had shows that I thought were going to be crickets and people will say that was the best show ever. And I've had other shows that I'd worked on for weeks and I'm like, man, I can't wait to hear the feedback and it's just crickets. So I guess what, what's your planning process? Like, cause I'm thinking, did you know going into it that mm, this isn't really on target? Um, not really. The topic itself was pretty on target for the typical show. Um, it was just that we ended up having a guest and, and this particular guest has a really large social media following, but they're really good friends with my co-host. So instead of it being like, hey guys, let's stay on topic. It just was not at all. It was really all over the place. They just kept sharing stories of things that they did together and it just was like two dudes having a conversation, which I guess I understand podcasts sometimes are like that, right? But it was just very different from the normal show, and it just doesn't feel like it belongs at all. And that kind of mindset I've gone on into every episode that we've created is that this could be somebody's first time listening to the show. And if they listen to this, they're never coming back. Yeah, yeah, but I think that that's probably mitigatable. Is that a word? Mitigatable? Able to be mitigated with just a little pre-roll intro like, hey this is your first time to the show. Welcome. Uh, just to let you know, everybody, this one, this one's a little weird. Didn't go the direction that our shows usually go. 
So if this is your first time listening, maybe start somewhere else. And if this is your 10th time listening, you know, just, just be prepared. This one's a little weird, but you know, it's the way it came out and hope you enjoy it all the same. And if you don't, don't kill me. I've never done that. I've always worried that if I brought it to attention, it would, it would make it worse. Jim had his hand up and Pixie did. Then we'll go to Perry. Yeah. I was going to say it's always awkward. That's why I try to avoid interviewing my friends just because it, uh, you get a little too comfortable in the subject matter, but Tanner does have a good point. You can just, um, if you're honest and put it up front, I think it'll, it'll turn out. Okay. And as I always say, I'm back next week. So what do you do, Jim? Hell you're doing it live. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's why I just come up front and say, Hey, I'm interviewing somebody I know fairly well. So some of you might be a little bit behind and not understand where we are because we've talked before. I'm diving, I'm diving, uh, diving a little bit deeper than I normally would with a guest right off the top, just based off my relationship with them. You ever had one though, that was just like going terrible. Like how, how did you go about that live? Like not just like, like well, they it wasn't like, a friend, so friends. that was the good news. Um, I've only ever bailed on two guests live, and then I just started the old monologue, um, potentially flipping the live calls. But yeah, it does happen, and the the uh, that's that's where that live feedback comes from too. You can kind of tell what your listeners are thinking in real time, good, bad, and indifferent. So. I'm gonna say this sounds like um, bonus content that you could put behind a paywall. If it's more in depth with your co-host and you can and you can basically dissect it, you could give that extra bonus stuff to people who want to support your podcast. I had actually I'd considered that because we just launched a Patreon. Well, I just launched one about probably about two months ago and it's going fairly well and they seem to really like the off kilter, off topic stuff. Um, how do I approach that then with my co-hosts and just be like, hey, that episode was terrible. I mean, I, I, obviously I can't do that. <laughs> well, well, now, hold, on hold on a minute. If you thought the episode was terrible and it wasn't going to resonate with your audience, why the hell would you release it as a, as a paywall item? Don't do that. Right. Here's something that really sucks. Enjoy. <laughs> thanks, well, for thanks for we, subscribing. Here's my word. We do other stuff too. Like he, like we'll do like these little slice of life kind of episodes. That again, we have a paranormal podcast. But like he, like he did an episode for the Patreon where he talked about the one time he filmed gay porn. You know, and people <laughs> like it. Um, so hold on, I, wait, okay, pause, sorry. back up. Film, sure. Filmed or participated in? He filmed. He filmed it. <laughs> <laughs> He did not, I don't, at least I don't think he's participated in it yet. Maybe he has. You should tell that story on the Patreon next. Um, but, you know, no, people like that because we'll kind of mention that stuff on the show itself, right? And then it's like, well, hey, if you want to hear Pat O talk about that time you filmed gay porn, go subscribe to Patreon and listen to it. And people will, um, you know, so I don't know. It's something that I'm kind of dealing with, but the show comes out on Wednesday. So I think yeah. I better make a plan. I've, I've done the Tanner thing because my co-host about once a year goes to Boston to hang out at this cigar shop, which are good. And I know those guys too. And the first couple of times it was great. Cause this guy is like a total independent business and he's, he's really taken kind of this indie attitude of growing his business now to growing his podcast. So he has all these stories, but there are times when I, and I kind of subtly on Streamyard will take me off the screen and enlarge their screen. Cause I'm like, I'm not in the show anymore, guys get the hint here. Like, throw me a bone. But on the other hand, if they're having a good conversation, it's fine. But I've done what Tanner does. I'm like, Hey, today's a little different. Jim's in Boston with the cigar guys. And it's just enough to let people know. I, I don't know that I would say today's a little weird or today isn't going to be as good or cause that is kind of a thing where you're like, I don't know. It might be good. People are going to listen for the weird stuff. But, uh, I I've done that thing where it's like, Hey, today's a little different just to throw it to, you know, like you said, for that new person. 
Hey, Asher's yeah. one thing, one thing that I've done that, you know, on the surface seems a little bit weird, but it really helped the show is I will aggressively edit and then I'll add my own commentary to what they're talking about just to bring the show in line. Yeah. It might not be what really happened, but it's a performance for the audience. That's the way I think about it. That was the other thing. You can edit out the all the bro talk, edit it out, and just keep the good stuff. Yeah, if they didn't give you a chance to talk, you have your chance in the edit. Yeah, be yeah, like, this, I, is where, this is where Michael acted like a total bro. We're going to skip over that. I, I actually do all of that. So uh, if something isn't hitting right, then I will... You know, I'll change the question that somebody asked I'll, or, or put an interstitial in there with voiceover to bridge some things. But I'll also, if an episode is different than any other episode right up front, I'll just give folks a heads up and I'll talk about why it's different or what makes it special uh, in some way. So I've had a few very experimental episodes and I always prefix those with some little uh, thing that says, hey, here's what I'm trying this episode. If you don't like it, or you want to try something else, feel free to go to another one. Um, and then the other thing that I would really take on board is that um, Pixie's suggestion of just saying, this is bonus. Whether you put it behind the paywall or not, you just labeling it as a bonus episode will make people think about it differently. I think those are all really fantastic ideas. Um, I think it's the first time, which I guess is a good thing. In two years of running this podcast, this is the first episode that I felt badly about putting up as, as the episode. Um, which, you know, uh, is a win in a way. Um, but yeah, gosh, they talked about music for like 45 minutes straight. And I just, that's not what people come to the this show to listen to. So I, I think I might try to cut it up and see what happens. But I just feel terrible. I feel like I didn't have a win this week. And uh, I don't like that. Well, not that I'm advocating putting out not so great content. But I've read, I think we've all probably read books where, you know, whatever, there's eight chapters and chapter like six was like, meh, all right, that's 10 minutes. I can't get back. So I, I say that to say that they all can't be aces, you know, not that we want to get in the habit of like, ah, good enough, but uh, don't, don't beat yourself up too much. I yeah. gotcha. I appreciate it. That was a great question though. Cause I think we all have experiences where we're like, yeah, well, this doesn't seem like the best thing I've ever put out. You know, what should I do? Like I once had a podcast episode with Tanner. He dropped about 17 F-bombs. Then halfway through, he said, am I allowed to cuss on this podcast? <laughs> well, the, the, I mean, you knew it going into it, man. That's your fault. The thing I do, because we all run into this thing, it's a situation we've all been in where somebody requests to be on the show. You kind of check them out. It seems like it's a good fit. They come on, and it's either A, they have just not listenable audio, or they're just, you know, it's just not a good fit. And, and we're back to Pixie's situation where you're like, do I release this? So if I'm interviewing somebody I've never met and I didn't ask you to come on the show, I always send back, I'm like, hey, if you're cool with the fact that since I don't know you, I reserve the right to not publish our episode in the event I don't feel you delivered value to my audience, then here's the scheduling link. And I've only had one person so like, what do you mean, dude? And I was like, hey, if you don't think you can deliver value, then don't sign up, you know, and it kind of separates for lack of a better phrase. This is not gender friendly, but the men from the boys, right? It's like, if you haven't figured out who my audience is and you know, you can deliver value, well then don't come on my show, but it, it's also, a, it's a cool safety net. 
is it is it kind of important here to maybe also point out that we're acting like we're all pretty important <laughs> like these podcasts are i mean come on we're not running multi-billion dollar companies and people aren't going to lose their job and I think it's important also sometimes to just remember to not take ourselves too seriously. I mean, yeah. ultimately, 90% of the time you want to show up and you want to do great. But, you know, if, if you got to phone it in every now and then, you shouldn't be thinking, you know, oh, no, Jim's Jim in accounting is cer- certainly going to lose his job over this. Yeah, that's a great point. There are times when we have to go, yeah, it's a podcast. <laughs> the poor accountants. It's always them in marketing. <laughs> Podcasting Power Hour is part of Indie Drop-In Network. If you are a podcaster looking to grow your listeners, check out IndieDropIn.com. Indie Drop-In is always free, and we have opportunities right now for comedy, true crime, scary, and paranormal podcasts. Just go to IndieDropIn.com to learn more. Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. If anybody else has anything they want to ask or discuss, go ahead and feel free to speak. Oh, can I ask one? Absolutely, Dave. Let's do it. Jeff, you have a Patreon account with a $1 option. And I would just want everybody, because here, here's my opinion, not that what you're doing is wrong. It's just my, it's just a thought. Um, I feel that anybody that would give you $1 would give you 5 And you're going to lose most of that dollar to processing fees. Yeah, but nobody will even give him a dollar. <laughs> He's priced it at what it's worth. Okay. No, I mean, I will say my feeling on Patreon, and you have a valid point, is I'm always skeptical of just like creating a bunch of extra content. Uh, to me, it's really about support for the creator. So, I mean, it's already hard enough to make a damn podcast. So, you know, doing extra stuff seems about impossible for me right now. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know that you need to do a lot of extra stuff for Patreon. I'm, I'm saying that thinking about creating one right now. So listen to my ignorance. But I support a bunch of folks on Patreon. Um, like you said, I you know gave Tanner a whole <laughs> bunch of coffees um, just because I want to support the person. And so somebody, if somebody has multiple tiers, 
they've got a $5 tier and a $20 tier. I'll give them the $20 and I'll never listen to anything or go to the Patreon page ever again. Yeah. I had a, a weird situation with my Patreon where my, and again, if we could do air quotes here, my competition, you know, people that are basically doing the exact same thing I'm doing were giving me 20 bucks to promote them to my audience on a show where I was trying to get clients. And I was like, mm, you know what? I'm going to get a lot more than, than 20 bucks if I get a client out of this. And so I first put a, I reserve the right to not accept your patronage. And that just seemed weird. And so I just went to my patrons and said, here's the deal. I'm, I'm turning it off except for like, there are two people that we treat as sponsors. And I said, the way this was kind of set up, you know, the whole patronage is supposed to be, I'm giving you money so you can do your art. And I lost one person, but it was just a case where that's something you want to think about. If you're setting up a Patreon, that like you might want to put a line in there again that says, I reserve the right to not accept your patronage in the event people are trying to basically get in front of your audience. It's like a really cheap advertisement. It's a good idea, yeah, Dave. The, I considered that. The, the other thing I've heard from other folks who I've talked to who have Patreon is that um, every now and then they'll put out a piece of content and what they see is that people start to unsubscribe. So sometimes if you just have a Patreon that floats and charges people $5 a month and you never do anything with it, they'll just let you charge that indefinitely. But as soon as you put out a piece of content and it emails everybody, they go, oh, who's that Jeff guy? I forgot about him. And then they unsubscribe. I think it's, I remember reading the, the statistics on the, such a little amount of extra content actually gets consumed that's produced and, and released on there. Ariel, go ahead. You have your hand up. Yeah. I just made a post about Patreon today because I've had a Patreon for uh, my newsletter for about four years and I've never pushed it ever. Um, I've m maybe I've put a few like quote unquote ads in my newsletter or on, or on social media, but I've never once been like, okay, this is going to be a stream of my income or even a supplemental. I've just been like, okay, if people want to support me, this is a way that they can support me. Um, and I decided, and so the tiers are $2, $5, $10 and $20. And I've had some people who have been supporting at $10 for four years, which adds up. Um, but you know, most people will come in and out, do $2 for a few months, $5 for a few months, things like that. But what I did start doing yesterday in my newsletter was, um, I'm going to try for a month to just be very transparent about how many patrons I have, how much they're paying me, not individually. I don't want to give away personal, you know, they're, this person's contrib contributing $2, but I am going to say week by week, how much I'm making just to see if maybe the transparency is something that people are interested in from a podcast creator's perspective never tried that before has anybody else tried that i'm curious how that'll go uh actually ariel would you be interested in doing a side-by-side -side with uh you and your patreon and me and my Substack? is that a competition because no i'm no. scared of a competition <laughs> no, no 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 not a competition but like maybe to see uh, i don't well, yeah i'm down I'm competition down. of platforms not competition of us yeah i'm down let's let's talk about it that'd be cool i i have two shows i listen to one is no agenda and the other one is podcasting 2.0 and both have uh, no agenda has a huge audience and they have a thing where if you donate uh, $250 or more, they will kind of give you a shout out at the beginning of the show as an associate producer. And then they have a thing towards the end where anybody above 50 bucks 
and it's a huge show. And if you end up donating, they have a whole thing where they, they track how much you've given them. And if you've given them over a thousand dollars, they knight you as a knight of the no agenda round table, which is all great. The, the whole, uh, like strategy is called value for value. But the problem is the more popular you are and the more successful you are is people going, wow, I can't get this information anyplace else. You end up with this giant chunk of your show that's just you going, Jim in Poughkeepsie, thanks so much for the 50 bucks. And, you know, Natalie in uh, New, New Zealand, thanks so much for the, you know, 75, 56. I don't know what that stands for, but it's fun. So, yeah, it's a um, catch 22. To add that, one of the things that I do do, um, you know, I don't, I don't give them nothing in return for becoming a patron. I think at the, I, I need to reassess my tiers. And I actually, at Podcast Movement in 2018, they had somebody from Patreon. Yeah. They had a whole room from Patreon who did like an audit of your Patreon, which was really cool. So there are some people who can be like, okay, it's kind of like a pricing model. So what are people going to be attracted to? Why does this $2 tier with these three bullet points make more sense than this $5 tier with these six bullet points for your needs, you know, for that, that's if you're really looking to get something out of your patronage of this person. Um, but what I am doing is I have a section on my website that sort of looks like James Cridlin's bottom of his newsletter, where it's the logo soup of all the people who contribute to, um, to pod news. But I have that on my website at earbuds.audio slash Patreon so that I can point to that and be like, look at all my supporters. Yay. Um, but mostly, you know, so that they get a backlink and that's powerful. Off the rails. Go ahead. I know you've had your hand up for a minute. Oh, I was just wondering about Patreon and it, I, I'm a Wisconsin podcast and we, I mean, we've won best Wisconsin comedy podcast three years in a row, but it kind of seems like the only people that get Patreon subscribers are states that touch an ocean does anybody else find that <laughs> the flyover states just don't get patreon i would kill to see that data if that's true that would ha be so has, crazy has the internet made it there that's the question hey, 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 yes they have but i have three dollars from three people from patreon in five years i everybody talks about patreon and one of my mentors is from washington dc She's like, yeah, that's the way to go, Patreon. And it's like, it never got to hear that that's how you support artists. So I'm just like, oh, do you guys really even know that it doesn't get to the middle of the country? This is kind of like a weird thing on the oceans. Anybody who ever said, yeah, Patreon's the way to go is their primary advice probably shouldn't be your... I was thinking that same thing. I'm so yeah. glad that yeah. you said it because I was scared. I said it. it wrong because I don't have a lawyer writing exactly what I'm saying. Sorry, I meant that Patreon does not help us. It yeah, does not help people in what the middle. Do you, what do you want Patreon to help you with? Are you trying to make I money? don't know. I just know that I've been doing a podcast for five years and I heard Patreon helps. and Helps what? I that yeah exactly. Okay, what, you so want extra here shows. I don't even know. Here are some questions. Here is, okay, I, I just want to say before yourself. you really start, before you ask these questions, I want to say that if I did a circle and just made a wider circle, I would have to get to like eight million people before one person heard of Patreon. How do we get where, Patreon out? Where in Wisconsin are you based? Southeastern, just north of Milwaukee. Okay, there's definitely people near Milwaukee that have heard of Patreon. What's your show about? Comedy. It's comedy. Um, okay. Sure. How many downloads do you get per episode? If you don't feel like sharing, you can DM me and I will 
happily give you some more advice off the off the live session. But um, my thought here is two hundred k. Okay, per episode. Wait, yeah. I love when this. I love when this happens. This is my favorite shit. Two hundred thousand downloads per episode, and almost zero are converting to patrons. It's yeah. I doubt that. Yeah. Okay. Hold on. Here's yeah. I'm gonna say not two hundred thousand per month. No, two, hold on. I'm two hundred thousand on five years. That's what I'm looking at right no, now. Look, go to your who? Who's your media host? God damn it! You're making me get my technical <laughs> chick. I have to go upstairs and get my woman. Well, here's the thing that that nobody talks about um, is when I did a bunch of research on this. The average uh, percentage of people that sign up is around three percent. Uh, when I talked to the people at, at Teachable, they said 2%. Uh, and I remember once I was listening to Radio Lab, and Radio Lab is one of those shows that when you say Radio Lab, if you're in front radio of a radio Lab is my mentor. Autumn Fisher from Radio, radio Labyrinth <laughs> is my mentor. See, exactly. That's what I said. When you say Radio Lab in front of somebody, if they're a fan, they have to say, oh my God, Radio Lab. Radio Lab, one time I was listening, was doing a thing kind of like PBS. They're like, hey, if you enjoy the show, we're trying to get up to 1%. And so for whatever they were using. But crowdfunding is its a cool thing when you're doing the empowering show where you talk to entrepreneurs so they can empower other entrepreneurs and blah, blah, blah. And it sounds like every other podcast out there. Not that those are bad, but it's not content that you can't get anyplace else. And that's where you go, well... Since you're not a running show where you can maybe get a shoe sponsor, you know, it's it's hard to kind of package motivation in a bottle and go here, buy one, get one free. It's a bottle of motivation. So that's where Patreon comes in. Uh, or See, we're you know, sponsored by Coldwell Banker. Uh, well, yeah, well, so there you go. Like, so, so then my question becomes, um, why do you want to do Patreon? Because if you have money coming in and you don't necessarily, yep. it, it might even be bothering the people who are listening well, who to the show, want it might more be putting them off. Come in. Sorry, I said, who doesn't want more money? You always well, think there are definitely more some way, trade-offs. Right? There are some trade-offs here. Like if you're making money, and you know, yes, of course, it's great to make money. It's great to make more money. But if you're hitting people with a thirty-second pre-roll or a mid-roll or a post-roll, whatever it is, telling them about Patreon and nobody's converting, I would either drop that for a little bit and try again yep. in a few months with different messaging. Or oh, I no, would try them with different messaging way. right now and with different perks. Okay. Yeah, because she's got the point. If, if nobody knows what Patreon is, it's because you're not telling them. You really have to treat it like a sponsorship. And you have to explain how they're going to benefit. Hey, if you like this show, but you hate the ads, and you have to be careful about that because you don't want to demonize your sponsors because they don't really like that a whole lot. If you want us to get rid of these really crappy ads, uh, hey, thanks, guys. Uh, and then you, you have to treat it like a sponsorship and explain how they're going to, you know, if you want an ad free, it's bonus content. We do a monthly round table at whatever it is, you know, or if you just want to, you know, help me support my art, but you have to mention it to them. Cause yeah, if you know, there are a lot of people that know what Patreon is, but there are a lot of people that are like, Patra, what, you know, so you gotta, well, just, gotta treat it like just- an ad. It felt like at the time we were doing a lot of stuff for Patreon. And then at the end of the month, it'd be like, Congratulations, here's your two dollars. You did ninety-five hours of work and we're like, What? That was dumb. Let's not ever do that again. Don't do it. Don't do it unless you've got patrons. <laughs> okay. 
I do want to go to Ed. He's uh, been waiting patiently. You say it depends how you pitch it to you. Is that you said, Perry? Yeah, yeah I was just going to say it could be, hey, you know what? You know, we get uh, we get sponsorship from Caldwell Banker. Um, that does a lot to help us, but it doesn't cover all the bills. If you really like this content and you want to support us, you can go to our website slash support and we'll hit you up with a Patreon or Glow.fm or, or however you want to do that and then get them in that way. Don't say glow.fm just because Dave's here. <laughs> We're gonna... Well, no, yeah, there's, yeah, there's yeah. less of a barrier to entry with something like that than there is Patreon. You don't have to create another account. So it depends on friction as well. But there's also Supercast, which doesn't mean you need an extra host. Right. So there are there other options out there. All there's right. also like memberful.com. You could have people just be members. There's tons and tons of ways for people to pay you a little bit extra to support you. All right, I'll try this again. No, it's, it's all great information. Ed, I know you've been waiting patiently. you got to walk the dogs, so we'll let you go ahead and go, man. Oh, actually, I already came back home from walking the dogs. That's how I got uh, lost your connection the first time because I hit a dead spot during the walk. Uh, but my question to Off the Rails would be, when you did have the Patreon the first time, how did you sell it on your show? Uh, when we had the Patreon the first time, we used to do a movie review show called Movies with Mark. With no, Mark no, 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 no. I'm asking, I'm asking, how did you pitch it to your audience on the show? Oh, I just said, um, this is secret. If you guys want it, you can only have it on Patreon. Okay, yeah. See, it's it, it's it wasn't the it wasn't that they didn't hear Patreon. You didn't explain to them what Patreon does, what I would suggest is find five or six shows that do Patreon and listen to how they pitch it. Um, one of the shows I'm going to suggest to you right now is a show called, you must remember this. Uh, it's a great uh, movie um, history show hosted by Karina Longworth, who's a very respected critic. She's actually married to uh, Ryan Johnson who did Knives Out and The Last Jedi. She doesn't need the money per se, but she does a Patreon because she wants to properly support the staff that works with her on the show. So just go listen to any episode of, you must remember this, listen to the last five minutes and listen to the way that she pitches it. It doesn't matter if you're going to go with Patreon or membership or uh, buy me a coffee or whatever. Listen to how other people who are successful with Patreon are pitching Patreon to their potent, their listeners and potential subscribers and then figure out how you can do something like that. Because if you just say, hey, there's a secret thing that if you join Patreon, you can do, that doesn't entice people. You need to make it so freaking awesome that giving you guys $5 a month for some bonus content and extra reviews or whatever it is that you're going to give them for five bucks or 10 bucks or 20 bucks a month, you need to sell it. And you need to make sure that you sell it so beautifully that they can't help but join. Because if you just say, oh, it's a secret thing, come join it, that, that's, that would never entice me. But I'm a Patreon of You Must Remember This because the way that she sells it, the way that she says, this is how awesome this thing is if you do it. Uh, I would also say hey, that thank I've, you. Had, thank you. I've had a lot of luck with, and Perry can talk to this because Perry's in my Discord. Um, and he bought you a thousand coffees. And he bought me a thousand coffees. Well, that was in tra Perry. Remind me, I'm, I'm pretty sure that was in trade for a consult. Um, not necessarily a consult. I think you answered one of my questions 
on the show, and I was just like, ah, oh, all right. I thought we I'll talked about the booth something. or something. Did we? Maybe. Maybe yeah. so. I, I know yeah. I've, I've done, yeah, I've done buy me a coffee for you a couple times, so I lose track. Perry's the nicest guy in this room. <laughs> um, but so, so with uh, Discord, which I think probably everybody here knows is like an alternative to Slack, I just, uh, what is it called? Stripe has recently out uh, brought out something called payment links. Stripe used to kind of be a pain in the ass to take payments. You have to issue an invoice, and it's, it's kind of like a mature solution for selling things online. And it usually works in the back end where you have something like Shopify handling the front end. Uh, but a, a few months ago, maybe longer than that, they rolled out payment links, uh, kind of like what, what PayPal used to have. So what I do now is I have uh, a link in the description of every episode that will say, like, join the Discord. And that takes them to a payment page where they just enter in their payment details. It's recurring for $3 a month. And as soon as they submit the payment, they get a um, they get a like a receipt or a response says, hey, thanks, your payment went through. Click this link and you'll be automatically added to the Discord. And that's been uh, pretty helpful for me. I mean, it's been a good way to grow my Discord. And it's, it's not a lot of effort. I mean, Perry will tell you, everybody in that group, I check in probably once a day, twice a day, uh, maybe less frequently than that. And a lot of the value in that group comes from, like, for example, Perry, he talked about that podcasting company he just started. Uh, it, it it was born from a relationship between him and the person he hired that started in that Discord server. So a lot of the times the value can be just in connecting your community with itself. Uh, and you don't have to necessarily be doing a whole bunch of extra fucking work, which I hate. I'd swear they're paying you their Discord. My God. I don't even hey, know Tanner, how Discord makes money. Can I, can I ask Tanner a quick question here? Yeah. Um. For that, do they need to enter in a new payment or is it connected to PayPal as well? Because a lot of people can just click, yeah, enter my PayPal. No. Or do they have to enter a whole new credit card and stuff? Uh, Stripe doesn't take, uh, it doesn't take PayPal. So they, they would be greeted with essentially a, a very simple screen that says name, credit card number, uh, submit payment. And it's really that simple. But, but they can't pay with PayPal. They have to pay with a credit card. Yeah, Stripe's a PayPal competitor. And uh, we were talking about people that are successful with uh, Patreon. If you want to uh, become completely suicidal, uh, check out the website Graph, so G-R-A-P-H, graphtreon.com. And if you go to advanced filters, you can say, just show me podcasts. And right now, the one that's showing it, uh, the number one, the Tim Dillon Show, never heard of it. Uh, 45,527 patrons getting $221,445 a month. Yeah. I, I actually shared a post from him today. I didn't realize he was a well-known person. But that's that's a place where I'll go to say, like, okay, what are these guys doing that they're getting? I know uh, El Chapo House, somebody told me they do, like, a PBS thing where they just do an episode that's like, we're not coming back until we get X amount of patrons. And I was like, well, that's a little different. If anybody else has anything they want to ask, go ahead and request to speak. But we are going to go to the greatest song ever sung. Por greatest song. Uh, you know what I mean. The greatest song ever sung poorly. Sorry, you've been waiting patiently. I appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks, Jeff. Just going back to the whole uh, Patreon thing that you guys were talking about and, and setting your prices too small. I think that's the thing that it's not just a podcasting thing. It's a, it's a thing where people are not used to sales type of thing. So I was at a concert this weekend, not related to the podcast at all. And there was a charity table there. 
and a great charity and the artist was supporting it and it was wonderful and they weren't making any money. So my obnoxious ass, as, as Tanner will tell you, I'm very obnoxious in, in large groups. Uh, I just started carnival barkering for them and calling people over. And I'm like, yeah, and you can take all of the swag back with you for $50. And the person running the table was like, but it's only $40. I'm like, it's not 40 anymore. It's 50 now. And we ended up raising, I don't know, like 400 bucks in the time that I sat there for, for this queer charity in, in Maryland. Uh, it's just, if you ask with enough energy and confidence, People will just pay it. That's the secret. That's it. It's that simple. Well, I think it's it's that if you, I don't know if it's that if you say it with enough energy, people will pay it. I just think it's no matter what the price is, somebody's willing to pay it, and you got to let them know about it. Yeah, absolutely. I but think. I think uh, go ahead, Dave. Go ahead, Ari. Just was going to say, I think with everything in podcasting, probably with everything in life, I'm still young. I don't know. It's all about experimenting and trying something for three months, seeing if that works. And that that is as large as having a Patreon at all and as small as your actual words in your call to action for your Patreon. Try something, see if it works. Try it at the beginning of the show. Try it at the end of the show. Try it at the middle of the show. Lots of different things that you can do um, to potentially persuade some people. And then once you get those people, you've got to do account management. So a lot to go into it, and it might be worth it to spend your time looking for ads rather than looking for patrons. But of course, that's another thing to consider. So also, I'll, I'll add on to that. And then I swear, Jeff, I'll shut up and let you do whatever you're going to do next. Um, you could offer, this is something that I do through my podcast. It's, it's the only thing I ever sell to podcasters. Uh, and when you hear the price, you probably think it's ridiculous, but you could do the same thing. Uh, you know a lot about comedy. Maybe there's a potential for you to teach a comedy class or something. Um, but I teach a class on audio engineering and I charge um, what will now be thirteen forty for it, and that thirteen forty includes RX nine standard, so that's like a four hundred dollar piece of software, a one year license to Persona Studio One. It, it includes all these extras to make it worth that much, and kind of going into what uh, greatest song ever sung poorly. See, I wanted to say it right. Uh, said it's if you ask, there are people who will say yes, but you got to ask and you got to have it structured such that it's easy for them uh, to enroll in whatever it is that you're selling or participate. And I mean, with anything, it does have to provide a value. So like just the secret content is probably, if that's how it's being sold, that's probably not enough. I don't want secret content. I want to know what that content is. I want to know why that appeals to me. I want to know how that how that speaks to what I will spend money on. And you have to do that, uh, you know, going back to sales, I hear people and, and the problem is the minute we start promoting ourselves, we feel salesy and I'll hear people cause I'll be like, Hey, don't forget to remind your fans to your listeners to share it with somebody. And their pitch will be like, Hey, like if you, you know, maybe kind of want to like, you don't have to, but like, you know, if you want to like, I, I, you know, <laughs> so somebody like, and then they'll say our website is com. And I'm like, wait, what? But if you said, hey, if you like the show today, you know, we're at 18 minutes. If you know somebody else that would like this, could you go to your app and just hit the share button? It would mean the world to me. And so I think that's a big part of it, too. I think anytime anybody tries to promote themselves, the, the pitch is just like cringeworthy. I had a thread going on Twitter for a while that I would comment on every time a call to action in a podcast made me stop and actually do that call to action 
So think about that as you're listening to podcasts over the next few days. I think that's something to keep in mind is why would you stop doing what you're doing, which is listening to a show? Maybe you're washing the dishes. Maybe you're out on a walk doing whatever. Why would you stop doing what you're doing? Pause the podcast, navigate over to the website that they told you to go to. What was it about that that made you want to do that? I'll just tell you one that stuck out to me. It was a Patreon call. It was uh, PRX Radiotopia's um, big fundraiser that they do every year. And um, I was listening to the podcast uh, this day in esoteric political history. And they said that if you give at $2 a month to Radiotopia, um, you get to see this day in esoteric political history's map of their upcoming episodes and you can contribute to that map. And I was like, that is cool. I want to have, you know, a part in the show that I love. So that was something that was interesting to me. That's something that made me pay money right then and there. So just over the next few days, think about that and tweet me. I would love to know what makes you want to do something. <laughs> All right. We've got time for one more. The Blue Collar Enlightenment Show. Please tell me it's not something about Patreon or we're going to have to rename <laughs> Patreon Power Hour. <laughs> no, sir. I'm not going to do that to you. I'm going to try to revert back to the sponsorship thing. And my question is, once you find your potential sponsors, how do you even go about contacting them and selling your podcast to try to make that money? And, you know, how much do you take and how much do you give? Oh, boy. Is this me, Jeff? You can start it out. we got to get Jim Mauer in here at some point. He's just sitting there. I don't know what he's yeah. doing. Please. Well, uh, I'm not a Patreon guy, so I, I'm just, I was just taking that part of the conversation in. So you want to know about the sponsorship thing? This is my two cents on that, and I'll let somebody else who's probably smarter uh, talk about this. But I never, I never use the word sponsorship. When I'm pitching somebody, it's always a partnership. Uh, because they can do, obviously they're doing the money for me, but I'm going to do something for them and, um, whatever. I mean, it depends on the, it depends on the deal, depends on your show. There's no, I mean, I know there's CPMs out there for podcasters, but sometimes, you know, the, the person's running the small business or an author and just trying to get going and you want to help them. So you go a little low and sometimes, you know, they got more money than brains and you want to go a little high. So yeah, it's all, it's all. And maybe I'm looking at that totally backwards, but that's just how I run. Are you a are you a first time uh are you a first time podcaster? Like how many how far along in the podcasting process are you uh, going to these sponsors? I'm going on four months, but this is kind of a long term uh, goal for me. So mm -hmm. I want to be able to have that knowledge when I get to that step. What's the sh tell me what the show is about and tell me who the who the target sponsor is. My show is, it's kind of in the title. I'm a blue collar guy and I'm searching for answers in the world and enlightening myself on how people go about their entrepreneurship. Every story is different and you always learn something new. And so that's what my show is about. And, and who is the, you don't have to give the name of the company necessarily, but how does the sponsor that you're, thinking about approaching align with that mission well mine would be for the blue collar workers like the blue collar way like carhartt uh atwood you know those type of change oh i kind of like that so i almost think that your show title doesn't do enough to explain that this isn't necessarily a philosophy show it's a it's a show about 
learning how to be an entrepreneur, like, but being a blue, starting out as a blue collar, maybe labor worker and becoming an entrepreneur and making your own life. Am I right about that? <laughs> you are exactly right. Yeah. I don't know. I th when I read your title, I thought, oh, this is a blue collar guy having philosophical discussions about philosophy, not necessarily about entrepreneurship. So there might be a potential opportunity to improve the name of the show, especially since you're only four, uh, four months in. Um, but I think that you could approach, so long as you can make it clear what the match was, you could approach somebody like Carhartt or you know whoever. I like to tell people who are going for their first sponsorship to go for about 10,000 for the year and to not focus on the number of downloads that they have because they're new. And of course they can't do that, there's no value. It's all about uh, it's all about the fit between your content, the potential of what you'll do in your first year, and the value of the sponsorship to uh, Carhartt. I guess in the, in this in this example, usually usually the sponsor needs to have a more expensive product than what Carhartt's average product cost probably is. Uh, John Deere might be a good fit for that too, but I think Carhartt's more like blue collar. John Deere probably doesn't really get into sponsoring podcasts too much. Um, I'd say go for 10,000. I, I could probably walk you through a, a more detailed process if you wanted to reach out to me. I won't charge you anything. I'll just talk to you. Uh, but I've helped people do this in the past. He won't charge you anything, but he would love it if you bought him about 100 coffees. Great. You, you know, I don't even use buy me a coffee anymore, right? Oh, come on, Dan. If you I got enough teas now. If you got four thing. bucks, you can, you can chat with him on Discord. Yeah, exactly. It's three, it's $3. Hey, he already said it was free. Yeah, yeah, it's free, man. So I'll Greg, take that and run with it. <laughs> Greg, you have anything to throw in here? I mean, I, I have lots of comments about this. I mean, um, you know, it, it, Indie Drop-In was booked up on sponsorships for, I don't know, maybe nine months. It's a little bit light right now. But, um, you know, one one thing I think is is good is that you have to figure out what value your listeners like you have to have the value for your listeners, but also for the brand. Right. So, um, if it's, if it's Carhartt, I think that, you know, you would have to really be able to sell them on what the vision is. Like why would a blue collar worker who wants to move into entrepreneurship, why would they pick Carhartt? Are they still, you know, working in the foundry like, or, or are they starting up their whatever, uh, tool and die business or, or whatever it is they're doing. Yeah. Like um, does, does, are you going to the point where are you thinking like, does Carthart have a uh, emerging entrepreneur program? Are you trying to think of something like that? Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of because you're, you're brand new and I think it's a mission that some of these folks might want to gamble on while you're still building your show, but you have to get the niche and, and this is, you know, Tanner was spot on with this. I'm just going to make sure it's, you know, as clear as it can be. Your niche has to be razor sharp to get, to get solid sponsors, right? You have to be talking about the blue collar angle for, for lifting yourself out of the, whatever labor world you're in and, and building a business like it, ha every single show has to have that theme. And then once you have that, then you can go, you can go pitch that vision to sponsors and, and you could ask for something like $10,000 or, or even more because they might believe in that mission. And, and, but, but that has to be right. Like you have to really figure out what the value is for both people. Like, will your people buy it? 
And one trick I use that that I can't get Tanner to to uh, acknowledge as genius is uh, I test it with affiliate marketing, right? So I'll go find something that resonates, and my true crime show is a good thing. I found a, a good a good test. I went and just signed up for for Amazon affiliates, and I pitched a book on true crime to see what my conversion ratio would be if I pitched it exactly like a sponsor. So I could go to my, go to a sponsor and say, I have a 3.5% conversion rate, which is 2% more than the average. And I can ask for 50 bucks per thousand uh, downloads as an example. And that's a real life uh, example. So there's millions of things you can do, but I'll go to Ariel since she has her hand up. Just wanted to add that I think one of the mistakes that podcasters make is thinking that monetizing uh, means you've made it, you know, or getting a sponsor means you've made it, whatever made it means to you. And somebody was getting at this before, but I think what's really important to consider is will your audience convert? Yes, brand awareness is something that some brands want to go after. But when you're in talks with potential sponsors for your show, you should talk about, you know, who who is your audience? Are they likely to convert? Um, and I would definitely test that out with affiliate links or, you know, asking them to do something that maybe doesn't have a monetary value like, um, I don't know, a free tier uh, coming to your website and taking a survey, something that you're asking them to do something maybe in exchange for the chance to win an $100 Amazon gift card, something like that, that brings them somewhere so that you know that they're engaged because you do not want to enter into a partnership with uh, a brand and not have that have your ads convert for that brand because then you're going to, you know, you're going to charge them $10,000 for a season and it brings them nothing. You definitely don't want that. So I think before anything, definitely do some big testing. And you did not say that you were, um, you know, looking to do this right away and you're looking to get all the information that you can. And I think that's great. But I would take all of this into account and especially um, just the the don't don't do it too early because you want to be hearing from your listeners so much so that you know that when you tell them to go buy something, a good percentage of those people will go buy something. And then they're going to tell you about it. And then they're going to tell other people about it. And not all that is trackable, but it's still something that comes from you. And you can do that affiliate marketing, by the way, right now. Like it's never too early to, to start testing that stuff, in my opinion. And, and this isn't exactly right, but maybe from blue collar to boardroom, like something more like that for the oh i love that that is a (laughs) that is a vast improvement it it can't be boardroom though because he's entrepreneur and nobody wants to get in the fucking boardroom right terrible places but something like that from boardroom to boss period collar to beach oh no no no. (laughs) oh well that sounds like a retirement show but from blue collar to boss (laughs) that does sound good that's pretty good greg yeah all right, Barry. Yeah. So, yeah, so on the monetization piece, I'd just say that there's a couple other points to think about. One is if you're going to people, you can always pitch exclusive sponsor versus diversity of sponsors. So you can say, hey, here's what it uh, I can sell this season to you exclusively for X amount, whatever that is. Or um, you can be one of a series of sponsors and I'll offer you know five sponsor shot spots. 
Um, but if they're wanting real clear brand alignment with that, then they will pay a certain rate to, to be able to lock you in so that some of their competitors can't have their voices heard. Um, the other thing you definitely should do, if you get, especially if you get an exclusive sponsor, is let them know that part of the success of your show, even though you're pitching them, part of your show's success depends on them. So if they're sending out a newsletter, your podcast. They're helping grow your show so that you can take a canal of their prospects. Uh, and I think that that creates a little bit of a virtuous cycle and also shows your, your value and keeps them engaged over time as well. Uncle Dave, what do you think? <laughs> um, and be sure to test the product first. Uh, when I was talking with people like Glenn the Geek and other people that had sponsors, because the problem is if you promote a product and you're like, this is the best thing since sliced bread, and then your audience buys it and they go, wow, this is absolute crap. And then you come up, hey, we got a new sponsor. This thing is awesome. And they go, yeah, I'm not buying that. Like you lose your integrity. So don't get blinded by the dollar signs to promote something that you wouldn't you know, give to your mom. Wouldn't getting these bigger sponsors kind of help with your numbers as well? Because the no. They yeah, were no. <laughs> not at all. Not at if, all. If anything, they'll go down. Now, again, going back to what Ariel said, sponsorship does not equal success. Grow uh, having an engaged audience who will listen to what you say, buy what you say to buy. That's success, and it really comes down to your why. I mean, I was I don't normally look at my numbers, and I was looking at my numbers today. And in some places, they went down. But I don't do the show for advertising. I'm advertising my own stuff, and my membership numbers went up. And I'm like, so I'm happy as a clam because I'm doing it to increase my membership site. If I was doing it for ads and focusing on download numbers, I'd be, you know, oh, my God, they went down 2%. I think these are all valid points. And this has been an awesome hour, a uh, little too much Patreon for my liking. But nevertheless, we will get past that. I'm going to – no, go ahead, Dave. I have one quick question. I, yes. I, I hear Ariel everywhere I go, and I'm dying to know if I've ever met you in person, because if so, I can't remember it. Oh, definitely. Okay. Because I'm like, <laughs> I, 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 and it's like I see her all the time, and I'm like, have I, I, like, it sounds familiar. I need to go find your picture. Yeah, I work for Squadcast. I'm sure we've been at events together. I, I knew that, yeah. So, And yeah. I know you do the whole sounds profitable thing. And I was like, man, she's everywhere. I'm like, <laughs> I've probably met this person. So, all right. That's all I had, Jeff. Thanks. Dave, did that confirmation do anything? Like, that's my worst nightmare. When I go, have I met you? They go, yeah. I go, oh, I'm, I'm terrible at this. No, my, <laughs> my, my problem is that I um, I remember faces and names extremely well. So it's often creepy. I'll go up to people and be like, we met at this place and doing that. And we talked about this. And they'll be like, what? And I'm like, okay, just ignore me. <laughs> it's, it's demoralizing for me. I am the opposite. I won't remember your name or face, but the minute you show me your artwork for your podcast, I'm like, Oh, you're that. Okay. Yeah. So that's, you're like, Oh, we have met before. I got it. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Jeff. Losing your mind, Dave. How can you, how can you not remember her? Mark Beender, why are you jumping up here? What do you get to throw in? Well, here? I I heard Ariel works for a Squadcast, and me a bit of a selfish question here with me running uh, and building Podtricks. I've been thinking about building an integration with Squadcast as far as getting you know the recordings directly into the system. I was curious as to who I need to talk to to you know get that process started. Yeah, I got you. We have a public. I'm going to say the wrong 
acronyms, either SDK or API. I'm not really sure, but I know that you can integrate. I'm on the people side of things, so excuse me for not knowing. Um, if you email rockwell at squadcast.fm, he will tell you everything you need to know and feel free to DM me for that. Awesome. Thank you so much. So before we go, does anyone else want to come up and buy or sell something to anyone on the stage? You know, just last last call. Last call. Yeah. Don't give Tanner the opportunity here. Can I try to get people to check out uh, Uncut FM to like just see it, which is a terrible name and everybody's probably giggling, but that is, I'm experimenting with it and I'm having some amount of luck and it's pretty cool. So if you're into like finding, it's a platform that allows you to um, create an NFT membership card uh, and then somebody can just use a regular debit card to purchase an NFT with crypto, but they never realize they're doing it. So the really low tech person who doesn't understand the space can still participate. It's kind of, it's basically Patreon, but the key is an NFT instead of, you know, like a a dollar bill. It's kind of interesting. Does it integrate? I, I, don't, with I, don't, I don't. I don't. I don't consult for them. That's, that's what we need. I don't. Cons- I don't consult for them. I don't work for them. There's no benefit for me if you go check it out. I just think it's cool. Would you? And I'm having some luck with it, so look into it if you like. What'd you have for dinner? What did I have for dinner? I had a. Uh, what did I have? I had zoodles. I had zoodles for dinner. You had something vegan, I'm sure. What? What zoodles? Zoodles are zucchini noodles. Okay. <laughs> they were all right. Okay. I respect it. You know, I went to an Ethiopian restaurant. I had some vegan stuff. It wasn't that bad. Oh, we've got a great Ethiopian place right around the corner. I keep meaning to go, but I seem to never get there when they're open. Mm-hmm. They keep odd hours, but it always smells great when I walk by. Oh, my God. You know, the place that we got, it was hilarious. So we're like mid-stroke COVID, whatever. But we happened to be able to get into this place, whatever. The dude showing us how to eat the food, sticking his... It was crazy. It was crazy. I was thinking the whole time, I'm going to die, but it was worth it. So what up? You know, you know, I just feel like Asher's right now. I totally get her question. You know, going off track. No one remembers Asher's first question. No, 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 no. no I got you. I got you. I got you. I'm nodding my head, just being polite. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you have anything else? Uh, <laughs> uh, do you have a question or anything, or do you just want to know what Tanner and his, well, his dog steals all of his food, what they ate for dinner? I mean, is there anything you guys want to talk about? I'm all ears. Well, we're about to put a ribbon on this bad boy. We've been at it for going on an hour and a half now. So, I mean, had to come back next Monday. Keep you waiting. <sighs> so. Join the Patreon for the extended power yeah. two hours. Exactly. On that note here, I will go ahead and give my closing thoughts on this evening. I think that I learned that this podcasting power hour is sponsored by Patreon, Discord, and Squadcast, it seems like, unofficially. But no, seriously, I think important thing to remember is that there's a lot of great people up here, but not everything works for everybody that's being said. And everybody kind of has their own path, but you really got to, be willing to continue to learn and try things to grow. So it may not work out for you exactly, but consider everything and just don't be afraid to keep learning every day. I think that's that's absolutely critical. Ariel Nissenbull. Oh, oh boy. What do you got now? What do you got now? No, be the zoodle. Be the zoodle you wish to see in the world. That's my. That's how I'm closing it out. That's all you've got. That's where we got to leave it. That's, that, those are just that's too perfect.
Well, I got to give everybody else a chance. Greg, I'm going to, I think you should plug Indie Drop in real quick because you really do provide a great service for podcasters. And I think you should, uh, you should uh, plug yourself. You deserve it. You're oh, good. Thank you so much. Yeah, Greg, yeah, Greg, plug yourself. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I don't use Uncut FM to plug myself in case anyone <laughs> was curious. But, uh, if anybody wants to check out Indie Drop-In, it's IndieDropIn.com. Essentially what I do is if you have a scary, paranormal, true crime, or comedy podcast, uh, I run a feed drop network. So essentially I play your show to my audience to help find you some listeners. It's really that simple. And uh, it's we're over two and a half years old now, and it's going strong. So uh, new shows coming soon. Thank you, Greg, and thank you for paying, helping pay my student loans. Appreciate it. No problem. Me and and uh, and our sponsors have you covered. Love it, Jim Mallard. You've been a quiet one, but you always have some words for the wisdom to close things out. What do you got? Well, I'm, I'm going to jump. I'm going to be on the shelf, the selfish uh, promotion train tonight. Unfortunately, or fortunately for you, um, tomorrow night I have my wife on my show, so we're going to peel back the curtain. And you're going to learn a lot about me and my family and, and uh, something we haven't really talked about in, on my show in the last 11 years. So uh, people have been kind of chirping and wondering. So we're going to put it out there and let people hear what goes on behind the scenes here in the household. So um, good, bad, or indifferent, we're going to do it. So True Maverick. Sounds like a good time. What do you think, Greg? You're going to be there? Yeah, I mean, generally I prefer curtains to be closed. But, uh, I mean, I guess it'll be interesting. Tanner, you've got 10 seconds sell us what you could sell anything like ice no. to do yeah, it you keep, telling, you keep telling me that no i don't have anything to sell uh, i will need everyone's support in the coming weeks as i have just recently ordered a hydro rowing machine and i'm getting i finally lost enough weight where i can actually start doing some some heavy exercise so i'm gonna start cranking these man boobies down that's what i'm working on that's what my week is all about. The it's way sweaty AirPods pop out of your ears is going to make you furious. Just this, preparing you. Know, it's basically like the Peloton of rowing machines. It's pretty cool. Um, hopefully, I didn't spend three thousand dollars on it for no fucking reason. It just sits there and collects dust and clothing. So it's just ninety-six easy payments of six dollars. <laughs> well, Tanner, I don't, I don't, Dave, I don't know if you can top this for your closing thoughts this evening, but I appreciate you taking the time to jump on here. It's nice to finally talk to you in person instead of just stalking you during your podcast, <laughs> the podcast coach on YouTube. So thank you. Uh, yeah. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah. First of all, Tanner rowing sucks. I have one gathering dust in my basement. It's not fun, but you know, that's not push supportive th- Dave. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. But you know, just keep thinking about, I, I actually cleaned mine off today. I was like, I'm with you. I'm like, I got to work on the man boobs, but to go back to what Ariel said, earlier she said look try this try that try this and that and it's one of those things that i was thinking about today that i'm like i think i teach too much cookie cutter podcasting podcasting by numbers kind of thing i was like i think we need a little more creativity in the podcasting space and you want uh, want to co-host with me (laughs) (laughs) there you go do not do it do not do it so that's all i have but thanks for having me this is uh this has been fun Dave does have a podcast school of podcasting. You should check out. He provides great information for podcasters. Well, I think we're going to put Greg, what do you got? What do you got? I was, I was going to say, I'm a, a proud patron patron of, uh, ask, uh, ask the podcast coach. So, you know, 
must have got me on that CTA. That's it. I appreciate it. So much love in this community. Don't we all love it? Speaking of love, I love all of you for joining us, and I hope you continue to do so. Next Monday, we'll be back at it again at 9 p.m. Eastern. Until then, thanks for attending Podcasting Power Hour. Keep being you. Keep being great. And screw Patreon. We're never going to get that sponsor, Jeff. I don't know. What are you doing, man? Gosh, man. Whew. Thank you for listening to the Podcasting Power Hour. Everyone is free to participate on Twitter Spaces every Monday at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. To join, just follow Jeff at podcast underscore father or Greg at Indie Dropin. If you found this podcast helpful, go into your podcast app and write a quick review. Other podcasters will see it and know this show is worth listening to. Also, I'll put a few links in the show notes for ways you can support the show. I think by now you know we love our coffee. Have a great week. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now I'll hang out for a few more minutes if people want to chat. Then I go get off here. Well, maybe Audible pick us up. I mean, does Audible drop that? They used to send out like millions and millions of dollars in podcast sponsorships, but I don't know if they do that anymore. They have an affiliate program on, I think it's impact.com. Did you say Audible? Yeah. 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 Audible sponsored some of my shows maybe like six months ago, but um, not since then. Probably didn't get the conversion they wanted. I think that's their goal to sponsor every podcast ever. Good for them, though. Yeah, I want to sell mattresses. Like, that's when you know you made it. Oh, God, I hate the mattress commercials. I hate all commercials. That's like your example, Pixie, of what you don't want to do. You always use the mattress example. Always, always. And... because it, it kind of seems skeezy for a stripper podcast to uh, sell mattresses, so I just I just don't even want to go there. Well, I, I heard Todd Cochran on the new media show explain how they sent him a Casper mattress, and he goes, "That's why they're not a sponsor." He goes, "The mattress sucked." He's like, "I'm not pimping that to my audience." So, God, can you imagine? No, I'd sell a mattress. I don't care. Casper, bring it on. He's in it for the money. He's all yeah. about that money, baby. I'll be, I'll be like, you might not, my call to action will be amazing. Like, you might not know this right now, but I'm laying down. Laying down, speaking in your ear holes. Oh, boy. Well, I've got the worst sponsor pitch for you that I got in my inbox. Maybe, we should, maybe I should save this for next week and we can talk about these. I got a diet pill. 
who wanted me, they wanted to sponsor my show for a month and pay me $95, which was actually less than the pills they were trying to sell for a month. Wow. The whole bottle for a month was $175. They wanted to pay me $95 for the month. I'll tell you, what do you guys do with your swag? For all of you that, that get sponsors, like, what do you do with your stuff? Like, I got blenders, I got pots, and I got stuff stacked up over you here. Start, why don't you do, like, a whole um, giveaway to your listeners? Because they're supposed to buy it. Oh. <laughs> he doesn't do anything know. for free. He's uh, a... <laughs> well, this is free? What are you talking about? Everything I do is for free. Well, I'll autograph it and then sell it to your listeners. Oh, Jimmy, they don't, they don't want that. <laughs> They'll charge me for that. They don't. They, one of one. <laughs> yeah, one. It's one of one because no one wanted it. There's an NFT too. The picture of me in it and the actual item. Oh, God, it just gets worse. Like you think, <laughs> oh, that's a dumb idea, but no, there's more. Hey, that's why I'm here, right? <laughs> so with the, with, out of control. with the mattress, there's a guy on TikTok who basically went viral because he was letting. And he just, he did like, I think it was 24 hours. Every time you donated to him, something weird happened and he couldn't get sleep through the 24 hours. That would be a great one for the mattress. <laughs> I haven't yeah, slept like in three weeks. Three, three weeks? Oh, are you well, alive? You better, you, you better hang up. Yeah, you better go to bed now. Just on that listen note. to my show for a few hours. It'll take care of that. <laughs> oh, but only the next one. <laughs> the life and death of Jim Ballard. Jim's like, niche? Nah, Dude. I'm going to have my wife on. Yeah, screw <laughs> this shit. Niche <laughs> um, is overrated. Uh, I got to get off here. I will uh, talk to you all next week and some of you in the meantime. Greg, See you later. Good, yep. See you all. Bye, guys. Bye. It's in the game. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. We'll, we'll take that exit. Yes, I'm exiting now. All right, bye.